Welcome to the Magic Hour. Um, today, um, uh, I'm Andrew and I'm hosting the Magic Hour um, to talk about Magic Valley along with our CEO and founder, Paul Bevan. And today we have a, a special guest from the Magic Valley team, Molly, who I'll, I'll get to introduce herself a little bit a little bit later, but it's, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to talking about um, Molly's background and, and what she does at, at Magic Valley and, and where where she came from. So Molly, how did how did you end up in a in a um in a podcast studio in Brunswick talking to um us? Okay, well I graduated from university in 2021. So I did my undergraduate degree in biomedicine um, and I majored in bioengineering. So basically all through high school, I loved my math subjects, my science subjects. And when I went to uni, at the time I was really into biology, but I wanted to keep doing my engineering maths things. So I thought that was a good mix of everything I was interested in. And throughout my degree, I really wanted to do medicine. So that was my main goal, that was my passion, that was what I really wanted to do. And basically I finished my degree, I applied for medicine and I didn't get in. And I was just devastated, you know, like, it was terrible that I didn't get into the course I wanted to get into. And it took a lot of reflection on my values and the reason I wanted to do med. And then I had to think about, okay, like what do I really care about in my life and what do I want to stand for? And I want to work in a career that I feel passionately about. Um, and I kept coming back to the fact that I'm, I'm vegan. So I've, haven't eaten meat since I was about five years old and I've been vegan since I was 18 so that's five four years now um I thought oh it'd be really cool to work in an industry that supported those beliefs and I started thinking about lab-grown meat and that brought me to the cellular agriculture and I started thinking more about how I can get into that industry and I thought about doing honours. So that led me to doing my honours with the Centre for Muscular Research at the University of Melbourne. So I did a cell ag project there. And actually during my first day of honours, Bianca Lee, who was working with Cellular Agriculture Australia at the time, was visiting my lab to talk to my supervisor. So I got to sit in and meet her and have a great chat with her. And I think that's probably where I first heard about Magic Valley. Um, from her to oh, I should reach out to these guys. They're doing really cool things, and I think you guys would really get along. So about mid year, I got an email from Selag saying that oh, Magic Valley is advertising for positions. Like you should really reach out and contact them. And so I did, and I came in, and I met you guys. And then when I finished my honors degree, I basically started here a couple months after, and I've been here ever since. It's fairly modest um, there. Uh, um, actually, I don't even know if you know that there was something like 150 people applying <laughs> for, your, for, your, for your job. So you, you stood out from the crowd just, just a little bit, Molly. So um, we're very happy to, to have you here at, at Magic Valley. Um, uh, I didn't know that Bianca story either, so you should probably thank Bianca. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> talking us up as well. That's really great. Yeah, so uh, for those that don't know, Bianca Lee actually founded Cellular Agriculture Australia. She, she started it. Mm. Absolutely. So um, at or I mean, when did you first hear about cultivated meat? 
know when exactly. I think it was sort of something you hear about as a vegan. Like people love to have their opinions on what you <laughs> eat and how they feel about not eating meat. So I think especially having not eaten meat from such a young age, you sort of run the gamut of nutrition ideas. I remember the first, when I was quite young, when I stopped eating meat when I was about five years old, I remember the first, one of the first meals mum made for me was mashed up potatoes and then she stirred in silken tofu into the mashed potatoes because she was so worried about protein. Huh. Like, how are you going to eat protein if you don't have meat? And then as I grew up, there was more, you know, veggie burger options and then kind of like the fake meat options, like the soy meat and stuff like that. And I think I kind of went through them and then kind of went back to eating, just, you know, vegetables, mainly plant-based, that kind of thing. And I moved away from the fake meat situations and I think that's when I heard about fake meat because a lot of people I knew who really like eating meat said, oh, like, I still want to keep eating meat and I've heard that there can be like a lab-grown meat alternative and a lot of people I know who are meat lovers and aren't going to stop eating meat ever in their life have said, I would do that because it seems like it'd be cheaper, it seems like it'd be better for the environment and you'd have a more uniform product. Mm. Um and I suppose, yeah, I just heard about it from other people really, just bringing it up and seeking my thoughts on it as a vegan. Um, important question here. Silken tofu in mashed potato, it sounds delicious. That it's it, not good. It's not good? <laughs> oh, no. To me that, anyway. That, I think it might have actually been firm tofu. I don't oh, know. Firm tofu would be a worry, but yeah. Yeah. She tried. The effort was there. I'm interested in how you made that switch at five to to become vegetarian. I mean, that's really young. Oh, it was. I was a bit of a picky eater as a child, and I remember vividly one day I was sitting at the dinner table with my mum and my older sister, and mum was trying to get me to eat my ham, and she said, "Mom, you just just eat it." And I said, "No, like I don't want to. Like I didn't like the texture. I didn't want to eat it." And then my sister turned around and she said to me, "Molly, you know ham comes from pigs' bums," <laughs> and then not. I never ate meat again. I was wow. like, that's terrible. Why would anyone eat pig's bums? Um, <laughs> I still remember that moment so clearly. Should have used that more in my activism. That's more effective. <laughs> it worked on five-year-old Molly. Yeah. And so like your mum and your sisters uh, weren't vegetarian at that that time? You, None of my family's vegetarian. Yeah. So I'm the only one. And then making the switch to, to veganism, how did that happen? I think... I had just gradually stopped eating various um, animal products. So I think I stopped eating eggs pretty early on just because eggs kind of gave me the ick. Um, and then I switched to margarine pretty early on. And then my one thing that I really missed was yogurt. Mm. So I used to love yogurt. And that was the hardest thing for me to give up on. I think I was essentially vegan for a couple of years. I still eat yogurt. Mm. And then I think I turned 18 and I said, no, nah, I'm just going to stop eating it. And it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Do, do you have a favourite um, vegan yoghurt that you eat now? Yeah, I really like the Coco Bella one. Coco, yeah. They have like a vanilla one. I love it. It's really creamy. Nice. Very good. So, Molly, um, you've followed a, a pathway that's really new and potentially really 
um, of interest to a lot of people that might be listening to the podcast. So what, what sort of advice would you have for someone that's, let's say there's undergraduate students listening, um, what did you do to get to where you are now? I mean, I know you described what you studied, but there's a lot of people that study what you studied that mm. don't end up working at a, a cultivated meat company. Um, well, there's not that many cultivated meat companies, but mm. yeah, just advice. It doesn't have to be specifics, but yeah. I would say just try and follow up all the opportunities you can. Like there's a lot of things going on. Like I know that Melbourne Uni has vegan club. I think there's alternative protein club. Like there's a lot of groups going on that run events. And just reach out to people. Like I know with my honours course, the way I found it was reaching out to my supervisor and I had a great talk to, but I had two supervisors. I had a great talk with them and I went on to have a great year doing research with them. And who were your supervisors? Oh, so um, Professor Gordon Lynch and Dr. Marissa Caldo from the Centre for Muscle Research. Um, So they were great. So I recommend if you're interested in working with someone or doing your honours project with someone, just send them an email. Like people love to talk about the research they're doing. They love to help other people. Um, And same thing with like Bianca. Like I remember sending Bianca an email and she got back to me right away and she's (laughs) so busy and she gets gets back to everyone and she's so helpful and she's so passionate. She wants to help people. So I just say reach out to people, have a chat. Um, And, yeah, I think just have a good attitude too. Like I think overall that's what people – respect and that people want to work with passionate people um so if you can show that you're passionate and you're a hard worker and that um you're on board I think that's the best thing you can do and from a skills perspective um or techniques technologies what what would you say that you learn in your undergraduate career is is the most useful for you now in your role at Magic Valley Definitely all the hands-on cell culture stuff I did in honours because what I do now at Magic Valley is a lot of cell culture. So um, in honours, that's all I did every day. I did heaps and heaps of cell culture and just like building up those skills, building up that aseptic technique and being able to interpret results quickly and manage your time I think is really important because you can in the lab you can have five things going on at once and you need to be able to manage it and keep really good records. And I think those kind of lab-based skills are the most important because that translates directly to what I'm doing now. Like I didn't feel a huge adjustment between honours and now because the stuff I'm doing is really similar. Yeah. Well, do you want to expand a little bit on what you do at Magic Valley now, just in broad terms? Yeah. So um, I'm a research assistant. So basically I get in in the morning and I help set up the lab for the day. So get all the media warmed up, get the hood set up, get everything set out that we need for the day. And then throughout the day, I'll help with running various experiments. Um, I'll help um, our other researchers. So I help BJ, who does the bioengineering stuff with his experiments. I'll help Jacob out um, with his cell culture stuff. And then whatever Wendy needs, I'm her extra set of hands in the lab. Um, but then there's also like the versatility of working in a startup because like some days it's like, oh, my God, we have 50 water bottles. We have to send to our investors and I'll <laughs> spend the day at the post office posting them out. So, you know, you have to be um, flexible in those ways too. Absolutely. And I know you've been helpful for me specifically in 
in um, helping um, find all of the the literature involved in the the regulatory approaches that we need and, and helping um, condense that somewhat into um, these are the questions we need to answer and that, that's been extremely helpful for me um, and I, I know um, you have a penchant for um, organization and spreadsheets and things like that and do, do, does that come from your university training or does, do you think that organizational bent comes from other parts of your life Yes, I think that's something that's been very drilled into me. So I always did sport growing up as a child, as a very sporty person. And I think you have to be so organized if you want to do sport and high school and BCE and then uni at the same time. You have to really learn to organize and structure your life. And then I think I took a lot of the things I learned about organizing myself from sport being able to ma manage that into how I studied. So I'm very structured and organized when I studied in year 12 and then at uni and I love to have lists. I love to have, you know, really nice spreadsheets and just know what I'm doing and feeling organized. Um, and yeah, it's cool here that I get to work on lots of different things. I'm not always just doing lab stuff. I get to look at like the regulatory documents. It's actually funny. The university subject I got like the best mark on was like a principles of business law subject huh. that I had to do as a breath so reading the law documents I'm quite good at apparently we should get Molly to read the legal documents <laughs> you've just uh you've just found yourself a new role so well yes. done yeah, that's excellent one of the things that stood out um uh for me Molly, when we first met you, was your, you know, your, your passion for what we were doing and for the industry itself. Um, and then obviously being, you know, very much, you know, mission aligned in, in terms of what we were doing. And then I guess one of the other things, you know, talking about spreadsheets, one of the, you know, talking about think, doing things outside the lab. Um, I remember that afternoon, I think it was a Friday afternoon where we spent hours in the office um, doing some modeling for, for the pricing, um, pricing model that we, uh, uh, we could produce, you know, the, the product for at the time and, you know, what we needed to bring d things down to and, um, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of predictive modelling and, and building things out for us, um, which, was, which was great and I, you know, super, super appreciate it. I don't know why that sticks in my head but that afternoon, it, it seemed to take <laughs> us forever. But <laughs> was, uh, It sticks in my mind because I was rescued from maths hell by people <laughs> on either side. <laughs> yes, I love an Excel document. They're very useful. Excellent, excellent. So do you want to talk a little bit more about your extracurricular activities? I know you're, you're, you're fairly uh, well established in, and, um, and, and organised in the, in the amount of training that you do in your chosen sport. Yeah, so I'm actually a competitive cheerleader. Mm -hmm. So I do train every day for that and I really like it. It's something that makes me very happy and it brings some balance into my life, which I found all through like uni and high school, I really needed that because I always worked really hard I love my academics and obviously at Magic Valley, I really enjoy everything I'm doing here. And then it's just, you can relate Andrew with your dance. It's so nice to be able to, at the end of the day, just go do something sporty and fun. But also I, I, what I find is doing something where you actually have to really concentrate on what you're doing. Otherwise you might hurt yourself or you might hurt somebody else. Um, it, it is a way of using different parts of your brain that actually 
even though it's quite concentrated and difficult, it actually leads to longer term relaxation. Does that make sense? Yeah, I yeah. agree. Definitely. Um, cause I think in the lab, definitely you can be thinking about, you know, a million things at once, you know, always have so many things going on. So on it's, in a way it's nice to go to training and sort of turn off that part of your brain and say, okay, I'm just going to focus on this one thing for now. And then at the end of training, you always feel so relaxed because it's like you've let the other part of your brain have some downtime and then you feel less stressed at the end of the day, which is nice. Absolutely. And cheaper than therapy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and just for those that don't know, the the cheerleading part that you do, which I find quite scary but amazing, mm. what's your exact role? So I'm a flyer, <laughs> so I get thrown around a bit. Which is pretty cool. Which my my understanding of that is that um, Molly gets thrown up by um, beefy people, and then um, does amazing twists and somersaults in the air, and then gets caught by hopefully the same people. Or... Yes, it is an exercise in trust. Yeah. Um, and I do trust people, and they do catch me. Ah. So. It builds a strong team dynamic. Sounds like a recipe for a, a good business. <laughs> <laughs> team bonding activity? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> so um, also, Molly, your honours year, um, do you want to talk a little bit more about what you did in your honours year? I know this, it's, it's it, and the differences between what you did in honours and the, the different types of of stem cells I, I, we don't need to get too technical but just um um uh, i know you gave a talk fairly recently to a group of stem cell researchers and things but do you want to just briefly summarize um what that talk was about yeah so i gave a talk recently for stem cell conversations where i just talked about my research i did during my honors year and how that kind of compares to what i'm doing now so during my honors year i used adult um, muscle stem cells and I looked at kind of optimizing media with natural bioactive compounds so like plant compounds to help the cells grow better and optimize myogenesis and can now, I cut in there and say do you want to explain to the listeners that aren't scientists what myogenesis <laughs> is yes there is definitely a researcher problem where we just assume people know these things but yeah um, myogenesis is just Basically, the form like how muscle develops. So you start with a stem cell, and then the, it goes through various stages before it ends up as a muscle cell. And we wanted to find compounds that can help the cells kind of go through that process and become kind of better muscle cells, so bigger, stronger, more resilient, and make it go through that process faster. Which is very applicable to cellular agriculture, where we want to scale up and make more muscle and more meat, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's when during my honours year. And then now at Magic Valley, we're working with iPSC cells, so induced pluripotent stem cells, which is a different cell type that I hadn't worked with before. So that was something I did have to learn how to handle and work with the new new cell lines. Um, and we're working like kind of similar things. Like we still want to find ways to optimise media, we're still trying to find ways to make these cells grow better. So it actually was very applicable. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's completely one of the reasons why you stood out from the crowd in, with your application in, in, in terms of when we were advertising for a research assistant. 
Yeah, I think I got very lucky. Everything kind of fell into place perfectly for me. <laughs> Found the perfect honours project and the perfect job afterwards, you know. What more can a girl ask for? <laughs> you tell us. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I, I see you as someone with a lot of potential in, in lots of different ways in 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 business, in industry, in research. And what do you want to do? What, where, where do you see yourself in in five years, ten years? Good question. And this is not an interview, by the way. <laughs> I know. Peace <laughs> up, Andrew. Yes. Um, I definitely like the cellular agriculture industry and I like to stay in it. Um, I think I would be open to studying again in some form. Like I'd like to stay with Magic Valley and I think I've really enjoyed working with VJ and doing the kind of process engineering, chemical engineering side because I do come from that engineering background. Mm. Um, and I like um, all the conversations we have about scale up and, you know, what kind of facility we'll need and what kind of bioreactors we'll need. And I find that really cool. So I think I could see myself doing more of that in the future. Very cool. Would would you be interested in further study down the track, do you think? I think so, yeah. Like I think, you know, I feel like I learn something new every day. Like I don't no. think I stopped studying when I left on it. No. You know? <laughs> um, but, you know, I would do some form of formal education again. Hopefully I'd be able to do that and do Magic Valley at the same time. Um, but, yeah, I've always loved studying. Like I don't think I'm ever going to stop learning. I Especially in this industry. I don't you know? think any, it, well, any of us have stopped learning yet, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess to ask a, a, a different type of question, what, do you, what have you seen as the biggest challenge, what has been the biggest challenges for you in working at Magic Valley? Um, I think probably working within the limits of the lab and the facility we're in because I came from, you know, Melbourne Uni, which has, just a crazy amount of equipment and just so much stuff you can use. And I think in Magic Valley, because we're in a smaller facility at the moment, you're forced to be more creative, which I find is actually really, like, I like it. Like, it forces you to kind of work a bit harder and find them a more efficient way of doing things. And I think for someone who's always valued efficiency and optimization in my life, I think it's cool to be able to bring that to work too and say, okay, what is the most efficient way I can do this? And that's really like a core principle of Magic Valley too. Like we want things to be efficient and kind of just find the best way to do things. Absolutely. Yeah. Were there, were there any, um, aside from the equipment, were there any other surprises about working in a, in a startup that you weren't expecting? I know um, as with everyone, we throw you all sorts of different challenges, whether it's on the regulation side, whether it's on modelling, whether it's on delivering gifts, whether it's on helping out at events, anything that was a real shock, I guess. Not really. Like I kind of like those little surprises. Like I think it keeps the week exciting. Like I don't feel like I'm going to every week and like, oh, it's going to be the same as next week. Like I think every week is like a new and exciting challenge and it keeps it interesting, you know. Like it's fun having to do like the events and being like, okay, like let's organise catering because I think in other jobs like you were just being a research assistant, you might not get to think about that stuff. And like those are skills that are really valuable to learn how to manage you know things dropped on you on the day like hey can you like organize this and being able to say yeah i can like i can turn around and do that um and those are important life skills to have 
Sometimes it wasn't the day. Sometimes it was the day before. Sometimes you get a whole two days. Yeah. <laughs> You've just opened yourself up to uh, a whole lot of more uh, tasks there, Molly. I mean, you also organised our recent social event as well. Mm-hmm. That was quite fun. We did a cooking class. Um one thing about working in a food company is that we all do love to cook and we <laughs> like our food, so that was quite fun. And eat. And eat, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, you two have definitely both introduced me to some of the fabulous vegan food that you can, you can get around Melbourne and, and the, well, the incredible flavours that, that vegan food delivers. Yeah, it was a great cooking class. It was a vegan Vietnamese and then we made some cinnamon buns too because cinnamon buns are great. They were very good, I've got to say. That was probably my favourite part. I should, probably shouldn't say that, but that was my favourite part. I think it was my favourite part too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was definitely one of my favourite days at Magic Valley. I, I think we're still owed some though, aren't we? Hasn't someone been talking up their own cooking skills and bringing in their own cinnamon buns? I kind of think theirs were better. <laughs> I, do, I do get the recipes. I'll try and make their ones, but I think they were better. Uh, We've been hearing that. We're for happy six to judge that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe next week. We'll see. Maybe that could be one of the uh, things that we throw at you. Hey, but we need to, <laughs> uh, to prepare these cinnamon buns for an event. Can you help us out, Molly? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Molly, I I think that this has been a great um great uh opportunity to get to know you a little bit better in terms of uh. uh speaking to you on, on the podcast, but um, is there anything more that you you wanted to get across about you um, um, and, and Magic Valley or what you think about working at Magic Valley? Uh, just that I really believe in the company. Like I think we have a great mission and I really love that the team is so mission-driven. Like we all have the same goal and we all are working together towards it and I just really enjoy being a part of that environment and I'm really excited to see where we go. Amazing. We're certainly happy to um, have you on the team. Very, very much, very much so. Very pleased. I was just wondering, if, you know, in terms of, you know, like your uni friends and that sort of thing, are, are any of them like working at startups or are they working in like large corporations or what do they think of you working at a startup like Magic Valley? Um, I think a lot of my uni friends that did get, jobs in industry a lot of them work at larger companies yeah. so more like established ones and I do get a lot of interest because I think working in a startup is it's pretty cool like it's very different to what um they're doing a lot of people don't really know what it is I do so because mm. I kind of say oh like I work in the lab I do research um so it's, yeah it's interesting yeah when when you meet someone new what what do you tell them what's your your sentence I say, oh, I work at a startup company called Magic Valley and we make um, cultivated meat, like lab-grown meat. And I was like, oh, like, how does that work? And I think some people think you're just like growing a steak in a petri dish. And I said, I wish, I wish it was that easy. <laughs> what other misconceptions do you hear about cultivated meat? Um, probably the main one is that it, people seem to think it's not meat. A lot of people seem to think it's some kind of like plant-based thing. I have to say, no, like it's it's meat. Like it's made from animals. And they said and then there's a lot of people will ask me, oh, like, would you eat it? Like as a vegan, would you eat it? That's another question I get. Um But yeah, it's kind of interesting working in an industry that's so new that people just don't really know what's going on. Yet. Don't understand it at all. Yeah. yeah. 
or think they do, but actually don't. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm happy that I'm working at a smaller company because I think in some of the bigger companies my friends work at, you can get a bit lost in the source of mm. what's going on. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a that's a, a good point in that uh, as Magic Valley gets bigger, the roles will by necessity become more repetitive in some of the aspects. I think so. I think for anyone interested in in um, jack of all trades, uh, flexibility and being adaptive to your environment, a small startup is a really exciting place to to learn a whole bunch of different different skills mm. that wasn't a question but oh yeah i definitely agree like um even like the six months i've been here i feel like i've learned so much and i have so many more capabilities now than i did when i first started straight out of uni you know yeah it's interesting i mean um how do you catalog those those the what you've learned and how do you quantify it it's it's not a not an easy exercise i've only been at the startup for a year so it, it it's i uh i've learned so many different things and done so many different things that i previously hadn't done it's it's really quite uh, it's a good environment for growth. Yeah, we get definitely, definitely get exposure to a whole lot of different areas, like exactly what you're saying, Molly. If you're if you're in a larger company, you probably you know got a fairly limited role, and you and you you know it's quite repetitive, and you and you and you do that over and over every, every day. But um, which yeah. is absolutely critical for the for the performance of those those companies at that stage. Uh, sure. And, and, you know, and it also depends on your personality type yeah. too. Like you might love doing that and that's great. You might hate doing that. You might want variety or you might not like variety. So, I mean, it's really personality de de dependent. But if you if you do want to get exposure to a wide range of um, roles and experiences, you know, startups are, are a great place to work from from that perspective and um, you certainly get thrown a whole lot of different tasks and, and challenges to, to to help out with, uh, Molly. I'm interested in terms of your, you know, like your your circle of friends and and, and colleagues. How many of them um, are interested in cultivated meat, or would eat cultivated meat when you explain it to them? I've definitely heard a lot of them say that they would eat it. Like I think there's definitely interest in a meat alternative that's the same as meat but cheaper. Um, a lot of people have expressed interest in like the ethics of saying mm. having, you know, moving away from the traditional farming techniques yeah. towards a cultivated meat product. Um, I think that's very appealing to a lot of people. Um, and then also just having a more uniform product because you hear like a lot of people will kind of get the ick from like eating like a mince and saying, mm, parts of this taste very different to other parts, mm. you know. Um, like even my dad, like he ate meat his whole life, but he he reached a point where every time he made spaghetti bolognese, he would use, you know, like a textured vegetable protein substitute. Mm. And he was like, oh, like it just tastes the same to me. And like, I feel like it's a bit better for me. And if I can't tell the difference, I may as well just have it this way. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people would have a similar attitude if it tastes the same and it was cheaper than why wouldn't you, you know? Yeah. And yeah. also more sustainable. More sustainable. Uh, uh, doesn't harm animals. Better yeah. for the planet. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I guess that's what we're all pushing for, to provide people with a, a choice. Yeah, so I think that's probably the main mm. feedback I've gotten from people. There's been so much interest, especially in people my age, but mm. um, even from people my, in my parents' 
generation. Like they grew up on, you know, meat and three veg. Um, so it's really changing how they think about food. Like it's been really interesting because I cook a lot. So I cook for me and my mum. My mum grew up as a country girl, so she had a lot of meat and three veg hmm. foods. But she's been so um you see like a gradual shift in her eating habits where she'll eat meat maybe once a week now and it's not the center of her meals anymore and it's just been a gradual shift but it's been noticeable and I think that's where a lot of people are going um and people are way more open to eating plant-based diets and incorporating uh you know a lab-grown meat alternative when it becomes available I think people are so open to that and so interested by it yeah, I think that I think we've heard a lot of examples with people we've been talking to lately, where the um, children have influenced the, the, mm. the adults' um, eating eating habits. But I also wanted to shout out to your mum as one yes. of our biggest um, social media likers 100%. and sharers, and and she, she's fantastic. So <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Molly's mum. I'm pretty sure she was liking your stuff on LinkedIn before I even got a job. <laughs> 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 yeah, your mum is uh, yeah absolute pro on social media. So yeah, yeah it's I'm been pretty great. sure at my interview you guys said like, oh, are you Bernadette? De <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's a big supporter. No, we we really do appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> any other hidden talents, Molly? Any like musical talents, violin, you know, anything oh, like that? No. Terrible career as a violinist in high school. I'm very tone deaf, so I was not good. <laughs> yes. And before we wrap up, um, we've got cameras rolling and microphones on. Is there any questions you wanted to ask us that that are going to be recorded? The answers we may not answer them. But... Um, too many questions you want me to ask. I don't know where you're going with this, Andrew. I don't know. <laughs> When do you want the cinnamon buns? I suppose it's the most important question. Yeah. Uh, last, last week sometime, yeah. <laughs> as soon as possible. As soon as, yeah, definitely as soon as possible. Forget, stop cell culturing, stop, stop. just forget all of that. Yeah, don't worry about growing products. So we can just cinnamon buns. Coming soon to a, a, a bakery near you, Magic Valley, cinnamon buns. Maybe that can be our side hustle to get some funding going. Sounds like a pretty good idea. Yeah. Or maybe we should just offer... A cinnamon bun with each investment. Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Incentive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's that's an even better idea. Could happen. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Molly, and um, for teaching us a little bit more about yourself and to, for telling the listeners about what a day as a research assistant at, at Magic Valley is like and how an undergraduate student um, can potentially um make a pathway for themselves to work in, a, in an area that they're interested in and, and um, knock on doors and get those doors to open. So really, really appreciate it. And if um, anyone wants to understand more about Magic Valley, you're very welcome to check us out at our website, www.magicvalley.com.au. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Instagram and we're on TikTok and we have... YouTube Shorts now and this podcast you can listen to. I think this is now episode eight um, and uh, you can listen to it on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple Podcast and pretty much any of your other favourite podcast apps. So thank you very much for tuning in to The Magic Hour. Thanks, Molly. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot, Molly.